0: Hello, Roy. Here I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to the Roy Green Show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The mass casualty commission hearing in Nova Scotia. Brenda Lucky was on the stand, the commissioner of the RCMP, as well as the former commanding officer of the Nova Scotia RCMP, and Chief Superintendent Darren Campbell of the Nova Scotia RCMP testified earlier. That the families of the 22 victims are owed an uncompromised and comprehensive investigation. The question is, do the families believe that it in fact is taking place? Remember, the families not long ago were talking about walking out of the hearings and no longer participating because of how they were being treated and how the investigation into the murders of their loved ones was proceeding or perhaps more accurately not proceeding. And just remember this, if fate were to tragically collect you into such a horrible reality, it would be you who would be demanding what the families of the 22 murdered victims in Nova Scotia are calling for. Truth, responsibility, no internal finger-pointing, and no side events. Like the Liberals' gun ban being part of the picture. By the way, just an observation. Why was Commissioner Lucky not in uniform? during the hearings she's representing the rcmp at a mass shooting inquiry into the deaths of 22 canadians why was the commissioner not in uniform we're joined by scott mcleod his brother sean and his brother's partner alana jenkins were victims of the murder assault by gabriel Wortman, and uh, um, sean and alana were correctional officers so they were in law enforcement and my guest, Scott McLeod, is also in corrections, a correctional officer. Scott, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, Brenda Lucky this week, what was the overall impression the RCMP commissioner made on you?
1: Well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, you now, with Brenda Lucky on there, um, I sit there, I listen to uh, listen to her answer questions that were posed by all the lawyers that were present that had the questions. And at the, uh, the end of it, she she apologized for the RCMP for not meeting the expectations of the families. It's, I mean, I'll, I'll always accept an apology, but when there's, it's not what we're looking for. I'm, we're looking for answers and results right now. Um, I want to see what comes out of this. I mean, you can tell me you're sorry all you want, and I appreciate the offer, but until things are done, um, because everything that she was asked, she said that it was this person's responsibility and this person's responsibility ultimately as the commanding officer of the RCMP for the country you are responsible for all of it so you know they got to start looking at that they can't just point it towards everybody else it's always somebody else it's no no one no one is willing to take any responsibility for anything
0: yeah the, the commissioner challenged what has been testified to by Nova Scotia RCMP officers about how the commissioner behaved on the conference call with those. Nova Scotia RCMP leaders, and Communications Director Leah Scanlon. They said, they testified, the Commissioner bullied and demeaned them, and pressured the Nova Scotia RCMP to release information on the firearms used by Wardman. The Commissioner responded that the testimony of Leah Scanlon, she said this, quote, I don't know where she would get that view, that's just not how it happened, end of quote. Uh, Who do you believe is being more accurate about what took place on that call, Scott?
1: Well, if you sit down and do it as uh, the police would do looking at evidence, when you start looking at the common denominators, you've got three, at least three senior officials saying she did this. And she says, no, it's not. It's that common denominator, you know, so everybody's ganged up now to write up reports to debunk anything that the commissioner has to say. Uh, I mean, that just doesn't that doesn't seem completely right. I'm not saying that everybody's completely right or completely wrong, but based on everything you see, it, it tends to lead you towards the the fact that things were done, and now people are trying to backpedal to get out of it.
0: And the one thing that I can't forget is that immediately afterward, immediately after that April day in 2020, there was no promise. There was no commitment to an inquiry. There was going to be a public inquiry. There were going to be three individuals who were going to come up with their who were going to study the case and then issue a report. Even the prime minister would not assure a public inquiry in the early going. And here you are as families, and uh, you've been so frustrated that you've actually at times thought of leaving Uh, your participation, giving up your participation in the inquiry. So uh, it's, it's just not providing you with, with what you, with what you expect or hasn't so far. Am I correct about that?
1: That is correct. I mean, I'd like, you know, I know that certain things can't be changed or fixed, mm -hmm. but finding out the evidence, they they talk about all the investigation and activity that they're doing to figure stuff out. So I myself, with my brother's situation, with my brother's murder, they're they're not going to get any information from that area because even after the 911 calls from that area were made, there was nobody attending the scene for, I believe it was three hours after the call. So the house burnt right, right to the foundation. So, I mean, I know I'm not going to get information on that. But there's a number of other issues that have been brought up or been found. And, you know, the only thing the mandate is going to let them do, apparently, is uh, put recommendations in place. And um, I've been asked for some of my recommendations, and I have put forth, uh, one being I would like to see a – let's call it a committee for now – of non-policing and non-government persons for them to be held accountable for to report in on the progress of whatever the recommendations are put forth because it just sounds like they they even talk way back to Marathorp in 2005 and that it doesn't see some of the stuff seems to just fall off the table well i think if that's the case if things are falling off the table They need to have a a body to answer to that does not have the government influence on one side or RCMP influence on the other or any policing agency, but an independent, and they're going to be the ones to be able to bring things forth. If they are going to be forthcoming and say, yes, we're going to do this, or here's what we can get done of this, and here's when we're going to have it done, these people will be able to see it and present it to the public, versus I can sit down and say, "Yeah, I completed all my tasks and turn and walk away, and I have no idea because I can't see anything."
0: Yeah, you don't want turf protection taking place, in no. an inquiry of this incredible magnitude. Sean, I read, I read about uh, about Scott. I read about uh, Sean and his life partner both of them remarkable people, both corrections officers, both dedicated to family and friends and kids. Alana was the life of family parties, loved to sing, play golf. Your brother, Sean, was an accomplished rugby player, and his daughter followed his footsteps in the sport. Sean had taken ERT training, and both Sean and Alana were well-respected in their jobs in law enforcement. So we hear headlines like 22 people were murdered, and then we find out about the life of the murderer but the lives of his victims are lost in bare bones statistics I find far too often. Can you just give us a, I don't know if this is, if I should do this or not, but can you give us a little bit of a snapshot of, of, of Sean and Alana?
1: Well, Sean, Sean and Alana, they, they, uh, they were very social, um, always inviting. They, they were always having people over to their home, uh, they had a huge, big piece of property. They once a year they used to hold a, a big weekend get together, and I mean, people were able to put tents up or they put people up. Um, always, oh, uh, Sean was always doing stuff. He, uh, my mother, when she was sick, he was he would have days or he'd drive from Wentworth into Truro and take my mother to appointments in Halifax. Uh, spend the whole day like helping mom. They were always going over to Alana's parents' place as well to visit with them and enjoy time. Um, Sean had a granddaughter, uh, thought the world up. And, you know, Sean was also looking at, he had almost 25 years in service and was talking, it's almost time to be able to pull the plug and then just go and enjoy life or get another part-time something, just to do something. But he enjoyed outdoor stuff, fishing and hunting. So, I mean, I know had he been able to retire, he would have been sitting on the river in, on his property and just enjoying life and enjoying family and friends. A- and a lot of the same, because um, that was just the way they were. They were very, very social and outgoing with everybody.
0: So this is this is this is what we're talking about. We're talking about your brother, about Alana, and we're talking about twenty other people who lost their lives to to Wortman. The reason they're holding this inquiry is to respect the the lives of the twenty-two, to hold accountable those who need to be held accountable in whatever sphere they're in, and to make changes. This is why it's going on. Uh, Brenda Lucky did, according to a story, say that she thought she'd gone too far, criticizing the, the RCMP and uh, Nova Scotia members in that phone call. And she admitted, when I think about it before I go to bed, I honestly can't sleep. She told that to, to the Globe and Mail. Tim Mills, who led the RCMP ERT tactical team on the night of the of the murders, told us on the air on this program in an exclusive interview, the team was under-equipped and under-supported in following the terrible night that not one senior RCMP officer had bothered to check in on the emotional well-being of any of the tactical team members. Do you have a, do you have confidence Scott that um, significant and valuable changes will come out of this commission hearing? Do do you have, do you have a sense that that when it's all over something meaningful will happen?
1: Well, I'm, I'm hoping that that is the outcome. Um, Can I guarantee it? I can't guarantee anything. Um, Some of the comments that I've statements, uh, Commissioner McDonald put to Brenda Lucky the other day, asking her to champion this and do what she can, you know, be a, be a leader with getting, going into these recommendations. And I mean, that, that, was impressive to me because I mean, a lot of us have, you know, we're a little wishy washy on how things are going to come out. Uh, Commissioner Fitch uh, commented to Brenda Lucky as well um, about how disturbing it was to think that, you know, uh, they commented about Dave McNeil um, shouldn't be calling uh, Superintendent Lucky because he's, or not Lucky, but uh, Leather because he's really high up there. Well, in the overall scheme of things, uh, a chief of police corps, the police force wherever, be it Toronto or Halifax or Toronto, those ch- chiefs of police are essentially in the same position that Brenda Lucky's in. They oversee the entire force. That is their job. So, you know, they're, it, it came out saying that they don't feel. to me it sounds like, They don't feel that any kind of municipal law enforcement is anywhere near as good. Both Halifax and Truro reached out offering resources. The RCMP never got back to any of them until way late for anything. So there has to be something brought in line so that there's not a who's better than who situation.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, just, they've got to come back to the fact, I think they just need to get back to good old-fashioned police work instead of worrying about who's, who's better and I'm higher up the food chain than you are.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.